0: His take on so many issues uh, is uh, Dr. Holland-Alman. He's chairman of killing Group, senior advisor at Council, Atlantic Council, UPI's uh, Arnold Bograv, distinguished columnist, The Hill's latest book. you got to read it. It's unbelievable. It's called The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad. How massive attacks of disruption become the looming existential danger of divided nation in the world at large, the aforementioned uh, Holland-Alman. Great to have you, sir. Uh, Jay, we, the union. We, pleasure to be with you. It is always good to have you. State of the Union address. Um, give me a give me an assessment of what you heard, Dr. Ullman. Give me an assessment of where we're going here as a country. Go ahead.
1: As you know, as you know, I'm a nonpartisan critic, and I've been very critical of the Biden administration. My assessment of the State of the Union address It was not so much what Biden said, but his delivery and his demeanor. Remember, television is a visual, a medium. And I thought that Biden came across animated. I thought the highlight was when he was heckled and booed and responded to the Republicans. And I think the State of the Union, irrespective of what he actually said, because a lot of the stuff he said is exaggerated to make political points. And statistics, you know the old phrase, liars figure and figures lie. But I think it was the style and manner that Biden portrayed that showed that he was an active, dynamic, forceful individual. And I think that helped the perception of the president because, quite frankly, he's being seen as old and bonnery.
0: I will come back to you and say that in a cup of coffee, Holland almond, gets you a cup of coffee. Who cares about his demeanor and his delivery? I mean, Lawrence Everybody. Olivier arguably was the greatest actor the earth has ever seen when he delivered a Shakespeare soliloquy like no one else okay but that's Lawrence Olivier the actor this is Joe Biden the president he has to account for his resume who cares how he delivered in stern fashion uh, some of the remarks from Tuesday evening no substance at all as far as the uh fabrications of what he told the American people.
1: Let me let me repeat, Jay. I'm not disagreeing with the content. Television is a visual medium. And if you ask anybody what Biden said, or when I go on television and I said, what do you think about what I said? People will say, I thought you looked good. So... <laughs> Maybe some hardline Republicans and Democrats will remember what he said, but the vast majority of the public, and this is the nature of America today, it's very superficial, Jay. It's a visual medium, and Biden came across looking strong and irrespective of how you want to criticize his speech and the shortcomings, which are true in almost every state of the union, because quite frankly, it's a political address. It's not a serious address to say what the state of the nation is. Because the only president who said the state of the nation is not good was Jerry Ford, and he's right. And the state of the nation is not good. But people saw Biden in action and quite frankly this the visual clips the next day when he came back against the Democrat, against the Republican hecklers, I think served him quite well with a substantial number of the people. So I'm not going to debate you on content. I'm just saying that content <laughs> too often in America makes no difference and on television how you look remember the nixon kennedy debate when nixon looked thin he had a five o'clock shadow and here was jack kennedy with his palm beach tan young and vibrant and even though if you listen to the debate nixon killed kennedy but that's not the way it came out to the public
0: you Holland. But, you know, you know again when you're the president of the united states you are the the leader you know, of the free world And uh, quite frankly, this has been an utter failure, an utter failure as far as this administration uh, since taking over. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Uh, I mean, something, you know, you wanted to hear something of substance last night regarding uh, immigration slash fentanyl. You know, it's how, and no one's really talked about this. You know, I've heard all the shows and seen all the shows and some of these interviews. No one has really talked about the fact that he pointed out a father in that audience the other night whose daughter died of fentanyl poisoning, spoke about fentanyl for about a minute and changed. That was it. And I'm not big on the heckling. I don't, I don't think it's right. I think it's disrespectful beyond belief, especially a State of the Union address. But, you know, when people shout it out, like, close the border, scare the border. That's really what it was about. Really no mention. I mean, the very source of, where that fentanyl is coming in is is at that border, and really, it's a simple fix, but they are ignoring it. And I've said all along: it's blood on the hands, blood on the hands. You got a hundred thousand people dying annually. Uh, I'm sorry, that father in the audience, that was disrespectful, not to point out the origin of where this stuff is coming in, Harlan Alman.
1: But well, look, Jay, as I said, I'm not going to debate you on the policies and the shortfalls of this administration or the, the Trump administration, but you've got to realize the State of the Union is not a serious address. Let me say that again. It is not a serious address. It is a political show, and everybody on both sides of the aisle want to be seen shaking the hand of the president because they're going to be able to use that in their election campaign fundraising. And so this is, as I said, it's a television program. And if you want a serious address, then the president has to do that prime time to make his point. But don't expect anything from any state of the union beyond being a political show and tell, and therefore how the president is perceived and how he looked was infinitely more important than what he said. And that's a reflection of a sorry state of American politics.
0: Holland, and again, you know, I, I there, there is nothing partisan about what I do on this program. I, I tell it like it is. I relay the truth. I don't care what side of the aisle you're from. We get Democrats yep. on this show like no one else. We get Republicans on. I get Libertarians on. I don't care. Let them have a voice. But I think it is the right of this individual to come up before the American people in prime time, and explain, at least to me, prime example of a spy balloon. A spy balloon, by the way, word coming out this morning that there was some sort of a, a call into play regarding something entering U.S. story. Explain it, sir. Explain it, Mr. President, how you waited over a week to shoot down this balloon. Over a week. Don't tell me well you wanted it there. How did you want how did you send that message? Carrier Pigeon I mean seriously. You have a right to explain to the American people what was going on here over the Aleutian Islands. I'm sorry. You know, I get what Jay, wait, you're wait, saying. Wait, 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 I on. Well, hold on a minute now. I understand what you're saying. That it's a show and tell, blah, blah, blah. In this particular situation, People want to know what is being done to correct problems here. They're struggling. They see death. Their children are dying based on the border and all that's coming through with it. He had an obligation to tell the American people, but he didn't, and I didn't think he would either. But still, it rubs me the wrong way with all of the self-indulgent distortions that were being spoken on Tuesday night. Well,
1: that's the State of the Union. Uh, that, and You know, I, I agree with you in terms of administrations having to come clean. And I agree with you that this administration has played the balloon uh, in the worst possible way. This was a great opportunity. This was a great opportunity for ridicule. This was a great opportunity to send our Secretary of State to ask President Xi what the hell was going on. Uh, And the president, our president, could have said, if the best the Chinese can do is to send a balloon, maybe we're exaggerating their capabilities. And I wanted to get as much information as I could. I was advised by my military and by my intelligence people this was the best thing to do, which is actually the truth. But I agree with you, the PR coming out of the White House is awful. The same thing applies to Ukraine. And and by the way, an awful lot of the pundits notably on Fox but other stations, reporting on the balloon was ready, fire, aim. They have no idea what they're talking about, but they pontificate as if they are experts on every subject, and that is very, very distorting. But to get to your point, does Joe Biden need a PR lift? Does he need to explain his policies much more to the American people? You bet. But the reason he's not doing that is because he is going to be playing to his base. And to the Democrats and to the more or less center Americans in line for 2024 and everything is directed at the election. It's not directed necessarily at substance. It's not directed at all the American people. It's about energizing 51% of the vote so that he will win if he runs, which I suspect he will in 2024. Democrats don't want him running. That's the nature of our politics.
0: Holland Democrats do not want him to go in 2024. I mean, that's the latest polls, you know, we're seeing here. Washington Post, ABC. <laughs> yeah, they, the numbers do oh yeah, I mean, If you're a yeah, poll, but, no, believer, no, no, no. I'm not Look, fully into you the polls, in polls. Everyone knows. but if you are looking at some of these numbers, his fellow Dems say, you know what, Joe? Head to Rehoboth Beach. You go there anyway, 200 days so far, as far as vacation is concerned. Maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe uh, it might be a good idea to walk the beach with the commander or major or whatever the name of his latest dog is.
1: Look, look Jay, <laughs> if you believed in polls, it would be President Dewey. If you believed in polls, it was not going to be Jimmy Carter running for re-election. So we'll see. You know, polls are invariably more wrong than they are right. And I agree with you right now, Democrats don't want Biden. I mean, it's a, it's a substantial number but having said that let's say it is now june of 2024 let's say inflation is down to four percent let's say that gasoline is down to 250 dollars a gallon um biden is going to be looking pretty good and we're spending enough money in infrastructure two or three trillion dollars that <clears throat> no matter how inefficient incompetent we are it's probably going to have some good effects and so from biden's position. He's looking at the long term to next year 18 months forward and thinking that they've got in place all the things that they are going to need so let's just hold on i'm sure that's the kind of political analysis we're getting and the argument would be by a staff let's not waste time trying to recruit republicans who aren't going to vote for us in any event let's go to middle america let's go to working class america and that's where it's that's where the State of the Union was addressed. This is the policy problem of American politics. We cannot address critical issues with sufficient substance. We have never had a good debate on the border. We have never had a good debate on fentanyl. We have never had a good debate on, on inflation. And this is just typical, and it's not just for the Biden administration. You know, it goes back for far, far too long. We had no real debate over going into Iraq. George W. Bush made up his mind. And so this is something that is reflective of American politics. And in my mind, it's getting much worse. And I do believe the statistic that over 75% of Americans think that the country's headed in the wrong direction. And I think that 75% or so of Americans are dissatisfied with their lives because, quite frankly, life is far more difficult for all the reasons you have cited. And so we are a country that is a very unhappy country in many ways, a country whose government, both parties, are failing us, and a country that cannot face up to the real issues and coming up with real solutions because real solutions are going to take political courage and amount of pain and recognizing reality and quite frankly we're doing a bad job and you can point out the state of the union did not recognize reality as you see it you can make a good argument that way but I'm saying that makes no difference on television it's how you look rather than what you really say with some exceptions in terms of the far left and the far right
0: here's what it comes down to for me actions Always speak loud of the words. And those except were just in words on politics. Tuesday night. You know? Those were just except, words.
1: Except in American politics.
0: Yeah. Uh, and quite frankly, what? I have not seen a lot of action as far as this president is concerned, taking care of massive problems here. I mean, I don't want to hear the fact that gas prices are down a buck and a half since the peak. You think any you think people are satisfied paying three fifty plus, you know, back on June the first, it was five oh one? I get it, but come on. He took office. It was 239.
1: Nobody wants to hear that.
0: Nobody wants to hear about inflation, the way it's gone down. You're still at a 40-year high, 916.5. Come on. I mean, people are struggling right now. And then, again, latest numbers, they're not happy financially as far as how this president has led them into the doldrums. They're struggling. Most are struggling. Two-thirds of this nation live paycheck to paycheck.
1: I mean, come on. Look, Jay, I, look, I'm not, I, I agree, I agree with the thrust of your argument. But that's not the way, unfortunately, politics work. Any White House will spin the data to show that it's doing a great job. So when uh, <clears throat> Biden says we've created, you know, 8 million jobs or whatever the number he thinks we've created, the fact is that those jobs were, were not created. People returned to work after COVID but any administration is going to take credit for whatever numbers seem to make their case. That's the problem with American politics. And so I get back to my point and in my book uh, uh, about, about uh, mad, massive attacks of disruption. That's what we are facing today. You know, we do have a policy for COVID 2021. No, I agree with you about the border. We do not have a policy for uh, Ukraine. I don't think we have sensible policies for China, and you have all these disruptive events, many of them, I mean, a balloon, a balloon throws this country into panic. What does that tell you? It tells you that we're not very smart. Uh, So uh, what happens is that it makes my point about massive attacks of disruption, that an advanced society is very, very, very sensitive to its fragility because of all these interconnections, and even the smallest thing can make massive attacks of disruption. There was a couple that was arrested outside of Baltimore who wanted to take down a big transformer that would have denied most of Baltimore for electricity. And you know how long it is to build a new transformer? Two years. Two years. So where's our plan for dealing with domestic terrorism like that? As I said before in my book, we need a chief operating officer for the U.S. government, and we don't have it. When you say divided government, people used to think that was a favorable term, Jay. But it's not anymore. Divided government... You have an executive branch that's so divided that some of the cabinet officers wouldn't speak to other cabinet officers, and that's always been the way. So we need to do a massive overhaul, and I'm afraid that so far we don't have the leadership that has got the courage, the political courage, to take the hits, to make the fixes that we need to make sure the American people are ready for the 21st century in the most competitive way.
0: keyword key word you just mentioned was plan. We don't have a plan, and we don't have a leadership, Correct. strong leadership. And that's why he was suffering. Give me a a sense of the latest piece, my friend. Latest piece. Go ahead.
1: I wrote about the police, and I wrote about the police two years ago after after the killing of this young man in, in Memphis. And I came up with a couple of suggestions. But the fundamental dilemma, Jay, is that we are a society that is enormously distrustful. People don't trust anybody, the Supreme Court, you name it, and they don't trust the police. So there's almost very, very little we can do in total police reform until we change the nature of society become more trusting. But having said that, there are two things that needed to be done. First, we need to have not only a code of conduct, but rules of engagement. There's a saying in the police that if you hesitate for a minute or you act too quickly, you'll either have six good men moving your casket or 12 people firing a salute when you get a medal. And so we need to have better rules of engagement. And then I think many people have seen the movie Top Gun that record both movies that record Fighter Weapons School. I think we need the equivalent of Top Gun for police on a national basis. And so you send some of your police from local police uh, to this program and then they can come back and help train and educate our police. In terms of uh, training and education for American police on average, uh, other countries, other democratic countries such as Britain and Germany spend far more time training their police. In Germany, it's up to four years, and in Britain, it's sometimes up to three years. We run 20 to 27 months. Now, there are all sort of budgetary issues. We don't necessarily play police enough, but I think unless we come up with a code of conduct and rules of engagement for police and then have kind of the equivalent of a top gun training so that police are better suited for these situations, which are very stressful when you don't know somebody standing in the block on the hoodie is a friend or somebody who might shoot you, and vice versa, when people see police, especially of color, people of color, they're very, very worried that they, they may be subjected to some kind of uh, illegal activity. It's a bad situation. We can make it better, but we haven't got police reform that's really working, and Congress can't, pay, can't pass a police bill, uh, which is absurd. So what we're seeing with the police reflects many of the other problems we have in society where there are solutions, but in my judgment, we're just not making those
0: solutions. Well, we got to embrace police, too, and that's what we do not do. Uh, we, we don't Correct. show police to how important they are, and just look at uh, of some of our cities, how they're suffering with crime, and district attorneys also part of the problem by not keeping the bad guys incarcerated. That's a whole nother discussion. Holland Allman, the chairman, the Kilman Group, senior advisor, Atlantic Council, and, of course, the latest piece, The Hill. Check it out. And, of course, Harlan's latest book, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad. Now, massive attacks of disruption became the looming existential danger of either divided nation and the world at large. Until next time, my friend. Good discussion.
1: Good, Jake. Take care.
0: Thank you.